Hello, everyone. Welcome to Made to Dream. I'm your host, Maya Chanel, and here we share stories from women around the world to inspire and encourage women and young girls to dream without limitation. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Ms. Janice Eisman, and she is a movement specialist. So, you know, let's get moving, everybody. Like, get up, listen to this <laughs> podcast, work out, do what you need to do. She's going to tell you all about it. But hi, Janice. How are you doing today? I'm excellent. Thank you so much for having me. That's awesome. So I do want to open up the floor um, for you to allow the audience to know a little bit about you and what you do. Perfect. I am the owner of My Body Couture, which is a movement studio. So at the moment, when people come to see me, they're usually coming in because something in their body hurts. It's their shoulder, mm -hmm. their neck, their back, their knees etc. And it's holding them back in their life. So there's something that they want to be able to do, a hobby, a sport, etc. that isn't working the way they want it to. So I help them with movement-based modalities to get moving and get on with those things that they want to do in their life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as women, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we're always trying to find um, different ways of how we can come into a space of our purpose, our passion. So we wanna ask you, how did you come into the space of becoming a movement specialist? I got here through a long and winding path. I first started running when I was in post-secondary education. So I was taking my, my degree. My least favorite thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people really hate running, this is true. I was not athletic when I grew up, and for some reason, running was the very first thing that I ever really got into. I don't know why, but I hurt my knee when I was running, and it got to a place where it was hurting to walk up and down stairs. It was hurting to go sit in a theater. Everything was hurting. So I went to a number of different practitioners to try to get help. I went to the sports medicine doctor and the massage therapist and the acupuncturist, etc. And I found that most of them were really great modalities. But then as soon as I would run again, the pain would come back. Mm -hmm. And I was introduced, this was a couple of decades ago. So I was introduced to a Pilates studio and I immediately had some sort of urge to teach. I'd never had any urge to teach anything before. And it's mm -hmm. pretty rare that I've actually had it subsequently. So that was just something that really grabbed my attention. I walked in there, mm -hmm. I experienced it. I was like, wow, someday I wanna teach this. And this was kind of back in the day when I used to read a lot of magazines and I would mm. cut pictures out of the magazines and paste them into a little book. So it was kind of mm. early vision boarding, only I could uh -huh. carry it out of my pocket. <laughs> so I had a picture of, of a Pilates studio and I had that on my dream and goal list was to own a Pilates studio at some point. Mm. But I didn't really see myself doing that. I was taking my degree, I was working in marketing, and that's what I felt like I wanted to do for a living. So I moved myself across the country to go get a job at a major ad agency. And that was dream number one. And mm -hmm. I did that from scratch. So I moved to a city where I didn't know anybody, I had no contacts. I actually grew up on a farm, so my parents didn't know anybody. And I, mm -hmm worked my way into a job with one of the country's largest ad agencies. So yay for me. However, right. <laughs> once I was in the job, I didn't like it. So I always say I was a great candidate on paper, 
but the reality mm -hmm. of it wasn't that great for me. So when I looked forward to what my boss's boss did, I was like, eh, I'm not that interested in the broad category of advertising. And I fell in love with magazines, not super surprising. So right. <laughs> that became my focus. And following that, I actually started to, I attempted to open a business publishing my own magazine and that was not successful. Mm -hmm. So then I worked my way into another major position in my life where I went on 60 job interviews to get a job with a national fashion magazine. Mm -hmm. So I really had these strong visions for what I wanted to do with my life. And it doesn't mean that I always stayed with exactly what I chose, but I mm -hmm. relentlessly pursued what I wanted to do. So I did that job for 10 or 15 years. So it was quite a, a long period of time. And right. in the meantime, this Pilates dream was still there. It was still on paper. It was still in my little book. And I was living in the city with the world's largest global Pilates brand. So I thought, you know, I need to either move forward with this or basically get it off my list, rip that up. So I decided mm -hmm. that I would sign up for education in Pilates. So it was an 800 hour program. I would do my day job in the day, ride my bicycle, literally a mile up a hill every night and go mm -hmm. to school. And I did that for a year and I never really intended to change careers. But fast forward, I think it was another seven or eight years after that, that's when I actually opened my studio. So I had two careers, both of them being my dream jobs for six or seven years part-time. And then I transitioned to my full-time movement studio that I have now. So in the meantime, I've added an, a whole pile of different certifications and education, things like that. But that's kind of how I got it started. Awesome. That is a, a fantastic story. And it just shows you that, you know, you can have a vision or you can have something and it doesn't have to always be that, you know, you can constantly keep trying something because um, for the rest of your life, you can say, wow, I had my own magazine, you know, this is true. like a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people aren't able to say that, but you can say that you accomplished it, whether it was successful or not in your eyes. You achieve success in being able to accomplish that and being able to go through with what you wanted to do. I think that is an important lesson and accomplishment in itself. I also think what I really learned was that those goals can change. So I could yes, work definitely. really, really hard. I could go on 60 job interviews to get that dream mm -hmm. job. And then a decade later, I could say, you know what? That is no longer fitting my life. And I can go mm -hmm. after another really big thing, another big dream, because I had the experience and the resilience and that relentless attitude that I could bring forward because I was able to make it happen the first time and the second mm -hmm. time and the third <laughs> time and then do it again. So I feel that sense of confidence that if I was ever to rip this all up, I could start over and do it again. Right. Just being able to take risk in, in a sense, you know, um, being comfortable with starting over, I think is important as well, because it's like, if you don't 
you won't know how it feels to continue to chase your dreams because no one says that you only have to have one dream in your life. You can have dreams over and over and over again. Yeah, I think we often talk about that vision board. Mine was in a little notebook, but we talk about that vision board like it's one fixed thing and mm -hmm. we have to get the perfect. Got to keep updating it. <laughs> yeah, we have to keep updating it. And I think it was a big moment in my life. It was really difficult actually to walk away from that career that I had put so much time mm -hmm. and investment into because I loved it. But mm -hmm. I think it's okay to actually just get to a place too where you have another big goal and another big dream and something else that really brings you that passion and that excitement. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. What would you say are some of the key factors that have shaped your mindset that you have today or have um, brought upon the transformation from, you know, the small farm town, farmhouse girl to this <laughs> big thinker, this big dreamer um, that, you know, it's, it's different because you're literally changing the, everything you know, you know? Yeah. Um, you weren't aware of these different things, but you were able to create this, this transformation in your life where you're like, you know what, this is what I know, but I want to explore. I want to see what else there is for me out there. So how are you able to, you know, transform, transform yourself? How are, what are your key factors that shifted your mindset? I think that goes back to actually when I was a student, I did a co-op degree, which meant that I did work experience mixed in with my studies okay and so i would do one term of work one term of school one term of work one term of school etc and okay. one of those work terms i got to go to a completely new city and it was a really interesting experience for me because it was the first time in my life especially because i grew up in a small town that i went mm -hmm. somewhere that nobody knew me and <laughs> realized that I could be anybody I wanted to be. Now, it's not like I turned into this wild, crazy person that nobody at home would have ever known. But I think it was just that idea that the whole slate could become clean and I could just go explore things that maybe I wouldn't have otherwise. I could go to concerts and different events that I wouldn't have otherwise and just really seeing what was out there in the world in a broader sense. And having that erased identity almost felt like it kind of gave me permission to, yeah, go apply for a job because it's not like they know me. Right. <laughs> go and send something into a magazine to try to get published. I did a lot of different things and I got really comfortable with rejection because I didn't feel attached to, oh, my dad put in this call to this company and they're going to know if I didn't get the job. Nobody knew who I was. So right. it didn't really bother me to just send in applications and try things here and try things there because I could just pretend it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. And I've never talked about um, this topic any um, before on my show with anyone um, just basically changing your environment when you feel like it's hindering your growth. Um, it's not to say that, you know, there aren't opportunities in your area or that you can't become successful in your area. It's just to say, you know what, let me kind of erase the identity, like you said, and try to find out who I am. Because in this, in this place, 
I'm this certain person and I can't really shift from that. And it's hard for me to do that. So being able to leave and like no one completely knowing you, you know, it's like, okay, like I can really just do whatever I want. I can really take the time to figure out who am I? Like, yeah, what do I want? And so this is going to sound possibly a little bit crazy, but in that story that I just told, I moved to a different city seven times through the course of all of that. And so Uh each time a couple of things would happen. One is obviously in packing up my apartment. This was years before Marie Kondo, but that's fundamentally what would happen. I would go through all my stuff and think I'm not taking this. That's my old identity. It's not me anymore. I don't like this anymore. So I would really narrow in on who I was now. And I think that allows you to project forward. So if you're filled with kind of stuff in your actual physical environment that reflects somebody that you used to be, and you find that hard to get rid of, you can't really move forward. And then second, I had every five years, literally, I got to just become a new person in terms of my corporate identity, in terms of my hobbies. And it did allow me to give myself permission. If you think about who you would be if nobody knew you, that's who you probably should be. (laughs) But a lot of us get really, get really narrowed vision by, well, this is who my mom thinks I am. And this is who my best friend thinks I am. And this is who my office colleagues think I am. And then we act that way. But if you really strip all that off, you're going to be in a trajectory that's a little bit different. And that's what I really found. That's awesome. Everybody ask yourself that question. Who would I be if nobody knew me? I think that's a really good question because um, our lives are sometimes shaped by, you know, our environment and what people would think about us or what the idea of how people knew me and how I grew up to become this certain person. It's like, you can't even change who you are because, you know, someone would judge you for doing that. And it's like, listen, we're supposed to change. We're not supposed to stay stagnant. Why, why should I stay the same? But you're going to constantly judge me. So yeah, ask yourself that question. Who would I be? <laughs> There's nobody knew me. I, I've never asked myself that question. So that's that's very interesting. I love how you put that into play. Um, so what would you say are some of your biggest inspirations in life to, you know, just be able to just do? I think that's one of the hardest things that people um, have a problem with is just doing things. You know, you come up with ideas, um, you know what you want, you know what you want to do, you know what you need to do but some people just have a hard time starting or getting to that point. So how would you say is some of your biggest inspiration to just push you to be able to just do without limits? Most of the things I've taken on in life are super improbable. It's almost impossible that a person who grows up on a farm in Canada is going to end up working in a fashion magazine in New York city. That Mm -hmm. is crazy thinking. If you were to Mm -hmm. think about the enormity of that task. Mm -hmm. But I have broken everything down into tiny little steps. I do that all the time in my day-to-day business. And I've probably always done that. And what I try to do is take one little step. What's one email I can send today? What's one phone call I can make today? What's one action that I can do today? 
And I just focus on that one tiny thing. And the smaller it is, the better, because otherwise your brain starts to spin into, I don't have three hours right now. I'm really tired right now. I can't think about emailing 50 people right now. I mean, I told you already that I did 60 job interviews. If I was to think yeah. about putting that on a to-do list right now, I would shut down and not do it. I just would not happen. But I took on that task by dealing with one person at a time. Somebody would refer me to a contact and I would call or email that contact. Done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I actually would either carry forward with some extra momentum and email another two or three people or just stop and say, that's enough for today. And mm -hmm. I break things down into those tiny little micro pieces. And that's mm -hmm. how I get into those big scenarios. And it often takes time. It's not something that happens like that. I didn't right. go from a farm to New York City in the course of a week. That took right. time. Mm -hmm. And most definitely, and um, I totally get you on the, you know, don't put too much on your plate at one time. I do something a little bit similar where, you know, I have two whiteboards and I put my whole to-do list on one board. So then every day I choose three things off of that huge to-do list to put on the other whiteboard. And I say, you know, this is my goal for the day. Just these, these, th these three things. That's it. Like if I get these done, I'll feel good. <laughs> so yeah. it's just like a mental game with yourself because if you look at that whole to-do list, you're going to be like, oh, this is too much. Like, I, I can't. I, this is overwhelming. I need a nap. <laughs> then that nap right. for three. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, yeah. I think for me also, I need to change tasks and I need to have variety in my day. So I can't, mm -hmm. I respect that there's lots of people who do this, but I, I really struggle to sit at a desk for eight hours and stay focused. Oh. Thing. Me too. So, <laughs> I have to, literally working from home, I have to move around the house. I mean, I'm outside, I'm on the bed, I'm yeah. in the office, I'm on the couch. I need to move. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> That's right. So I like to, actually, I do have a fully loaded plate, but that plate has a serving of this and a serving of that and a scoop of this and a scoop of that. So that's also really inspirational to me today to get things done because I know that in one category, I might only need to send one email and that's the whole thing checked off the list for the day. Mm -hmm. um, as a business owner, we're all kind of doing that anyways. There's marketing and there's subcategories of marketing and I have to clean my commercial space and I have to do taxes and I have to do administration and I have to check emails, etc. So mm -hmm. within all of those, maybe there's only one task that needs to actually be done, but I like to have a really huge variety and I do also mm -hmm. move around quite a lot. Love it. Love it. Love it. So what is one thing that you would tell from all of your experience that you've had from beginning to now, what is one thing that you would tell your teenage self? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I've had I've had a life that my teenage self would never have even imagined. It, it looks right. some, like something that I would have read about when I was a teenager and been int intensely jealous of. <laughs> so I think I think that what I was missing as a teenager was just that confidence to go and get started earlier and know that I could actually work through that same process that I discovered, but do it sooner because mm -hmm. the worst thing that was going to happen happened anyways, which was that I got those rejection letters and that right. 
I sometimes you apply for things you don't even get a rejection letter. They just right. never even respond to you. And you know what? When those things happen in your brain, in my teenage brain, that would have been absolutely devastating. But as an adult, having gone through the experiences that I have, I don't even notice those things because it's just built into the process. That's part of the process mm -hmm. to get, for example, a podcast. You have to apply to 10 podcasts and then you get one of them or whatever. I'm making that up, but right. uh, it's every opportunity and everything that you want is going to have a certain amount of built-in failure. And as mm -hmm. a teenager, I thought I was supposed to take one shot and hit the target. And that mm -hmm. was just not true. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a mindset that we have to take on is um, let go of the fear of rejection. Um, the the rejection part is what allows you to grow, what allows you pre to propel and know what mistakes that you made that can prevent it in the future. So I think that's a mindset that we just have to embody is just, you know what, Let, I'm just going to embrace the rejection. If it happens, that's the worst that really can happen. You know, it's not like that's the end of the world. You just get back up, find something else and keep going, you know? Well, and it's not personal. So if you go back to the, who would you be if no one knew who you were, mm. those people don't even know you. So, right. but they know themselves and maybe you're not a fit, but it's nothing to do with you. So just moving to this place where you can actually have what I call rejection resiliency, that's what's going to actually move you forward. It's mm. like a trampoline. If you can hit that bottom and bounce up, Right. Yes. And you've got to get those rejections. Otherwise, you're going to quit along the way. Oh, definitely. Because, you know, I think sometimes when you go through life and then we're always taught, because like, for instance, for me, um, I was always, you know, always a straight A student. And then I got my first B and I literally thought <laughs> it was the end of the world. Um, the listeners have probably heard the story before, but I was literally bawling my eyes out. I was like, wow, I am a complete failure. Like how in the world could I get a B? <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing because I completely, a thousand percent relate. That was me too. Oh my goodness. But it's like, you know, it taught me to be better. It taught me not to be stagnant and not to you know, think that everything was just going to be so easy for me. You know, I was so used to just, okay, this is, this is easy. This is easy. And then I was like, wow, like, okay, like, is this supposed to validate me or something? Is this supposed to tell me that I'm smart? I don't want to be successful, but you know, I got over it. <laughs> I think that when we're teenagers though, that represents something really significant in life. And as mm -hmm. you get a bit older, life is a really long time. Yeah. It's a long time. And so those little moments, I was exactly like that, which is why I was laughing. But <laughs> I can't remember a single actual grade that I got in either right. high school or post-secondary education. No one has mm -hmm. ever asked me, even once in my life, for one of those transcripts outside of a post-secondary educational. Right. Education. At all. It doesn't At matter all. anymore. So <laughs> thousands of hours to try to be the best. And that was a good skill set. But mm -hmm. in the whole scheme of how long your life is, how important is that one grade or how important is that one rejection letter or how important is that one thing that didn't happen? It's not. Mm -hmm. It's not. Because when I actually tell the story of my life, none of 
my life story has really been shaped by my, my university score mm -hmm. in, you know, the art history. Right. <laughs> so I want to, um, you know, before we end all the questions and everything, I do want to know what is one way that you've been able to impact and inspire individuals through your business of being a movement specialist? Well, when people come to see me, they usually are a little bit stuck in their life. They're stuck in their bodies and that's actually holding them back. So I've gotten people who are CEOs of companies that tell me that when they get off an airplane, their body really hurts and it's embarrassing because they're showing up for business meetings all hunched over, barely able to walk. I have mm -hmm. had clients who have a hard time literally standing up from the floor because they've been working at a desk for 20 years and they didn't take care of their health. I have yeah. other people that literally have been Olympic medalists and have won medals at the Olympics and they've got something in their body that just, um, you know, 20 years after they retire, it just feels a little bit off. I've got yeah. teenagers who are competitive athletes and I've got people that want to garden or cycle or walk or run after grandkids or kids or are preparing to have kids. So at every spectrum of life, I hear the same story. My body is keeping me from doing what I want to in life. It's keeping me from my dreams. So I feel incredibly privileged to be able to help people take that reason out mm -hmm. of their life because their body then starts to feel better and they can go mm -hmm. off and garden or compete in gymnastics or get off that plane with comfort they can move forward because that isn't a factor anymore so i literally every single day get to change people's lives which is so cool no that's awesome because most of the time you think of um, a hindrance in someone doing something that they love is you know mindset or not being able to do it financially but you never really think about the physicality about, about it you know um yeah the physical part of it ultimately shapes your mindset because, yes. you know, if you can't do it physically, like that, well, that's when your body different. hurts, when your body hurts, you're tired, you're more mm -hmm. sluggish, everything takes twice as much effort. And when I say hurt, that could be bad nutrition. That could be not drinking enough water. Maybe you're not sleeping yeah. enough, or maybe it's just, you know, you have a little, little injury or a little pain or a little ache and all of those mm -hmm. make everything two times as hard literally mm -hmm. so it isn't all in your mind there's a huge body component too right definitely so if you had one thing to say that would inspire women to just dream without limitation what would it be i would say take action and take action now don't wait for that moment that you think it will be better a lot of us wait for the perfect moment and that could be in any aspect of life but we wait till just the right time till we're just ready to have a baby or to get married or to take that job or to apply for that job or to move anything that's a dream in life we tend to have a tendency to wait until it's just perfect perfect will never arrive and we also never know what's around the corner so something that i always tell my son is just say yes do it now because we don't know what tomorrow is going to be. We don't know if next year the same opportunity is going to come around. So take the opportunities and create the opportunities right now. Don't wait. Love it. 
I totally agree. I totally agree. So I do want to give you the opportunity before we close for any of our audience members that are listening um, that want to know how they can contact you for services or just to follow your journey or get a little bit more advice from you. How can they reach you? They can reach me through my website and all of the social media platforms at My Body Couture. So that's three separate words. My, M-Y, body, B-O-D-Y, couture, C-O-U-T-U-R-E. My website is .com, and then I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at slash My Body Couture. I'm also on LinkedIn under my personal name, Janice Eisman, and I write for Elephant Journal. So you can look up my author profile there and follow my writing. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll have all of those linked in the description and the notes as always. And we thank you so much, Janice, for sharing your story with us. I learned so much from you. So inspired by your story. And we thank you everyone else for tuning in. Once again, this is Made to Dream. I'm your host, Maya Chanel, and we'll see you next time.